I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, the ins and outs of a birthday list. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 364, Birthday List. And today is a show about birthdays and a list. But first, I want to mention a few things, namely that I started Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid in the car this week, and I am enjoying it so much so much. I had heard about the book several times because Reith Witherspoon supposedly read it. She loved it. She, I think, bought the TV rights to it. It is now being produced as a 13-part, I think, 13-part series for Amazon. So I heard about it and I reserved it. I reserved it in all formats and I was way, way, way deep in the woods in terms of being in the list, the long list of reserves. Here's a plot summary, just a line about it from modern Mrs. Darcy. Quote, the plot revolves around Billy Dunn, the tortured, talented lead singer for The Six, and Daisy Jones, the beautiful, soulful girl with a troubled past who catapults The Six to fame when she begins singing and writing their songs. End quote. And that's really it in a nutshell but there's more. Of course, we know from the outset that the book is about why the band broke up, why they break up. And the entire story is a retelling of history to lead up to that point. This is a gritty story. It is a real gritty story of the 60s and 70s. It is what you expect. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, lots of attitude, free-spiritedness. But there is so much poetry woven throughout the telling. So much poetry. And that makes sense, right? These characters are writers. They're lyricists. They feel everything deeply, and yet that is countered with those who seem not to feel so deeply at all. There's so much poetry and so much philosophy snaking in and around this story and the prose of this story. I just am enamored with it in so many ways. And I haven't seen the actual book, the text copy. Like I said, I was on hold in all formats and the audio is what came in. So I loaded it up for the car. I was looking for something a bit more engaging for my drive than the heavy memoir that I have been listening to. Daisy Jones and the Six took me by surprise first because it is told in multiple voices and read by multiple people. So it is not just one narrator doing all these voices. It is much more like a staged reading of a script or of a play. The result is a lush and wonderful layering of sound and story. One of the things I enjoy most philosophically about this book and the author's approach is the way the pastiche of voices and memories reminds us at every turn that even a half dozen or so people in the same space at the same time 
watching the same thing happen, living the same moment, we'll have totally different impressions or understandings of what happened. And there's something wonderful about that. There's something so real about that too. Something we often overlook. That simple fact that two people in exactly the same moment may interpret it very differently and later may remember it very differently. And there's something wonderful in hearing these different characters come in with a sentence that is completely different than what the next person thinks in response to a question. And you hear all of this in juxtaposition, layered. It's a very wonderful format for story. I definitely love the way the book calls story and memory and reality into question. I am only about halfway through the book, so I don't yet know exactly what happens or how it will unfold. And I don't even really care. I am simply enjoying so much the experience with this book. And I think some of you will like it. But, but, and this isn't really a spoiler. You probably should know this. I didn't know this. Maybe I missed something in the very, very opening clip of the book. I don't know. But this is the telling of a fictional band. And I didn't realize that at first. I couldn't understand why I hadn't heard of them. But at the same time, they were in theory on the scene just a little bit before I was born. And I was never super cool in terms of music anyway. I was never cool. So I just assumed they were part of that entire world that I never learned. I never knew. It's not part of my childhood. It's not part of my teenage years. Just not part of my repertoire. It was a little bit of a downer to realize this is fictional. It's still a wonderful story, but it definitely somehow changed it in my head just a little bit for a minute, just a pause. And then I was back. Do you get sucked in sometimes? I see it happen. I know what happened back in the context of Wander. I do. I'll link you to a few articles about the book that I looked at and if you want to read more about it. But I might suggest that you just listen to it first and you get hooked on the voices and the poetry woven throughout the book. Because there is a lot of that and it's mesmerizing. And like I said, it's got its gritty edge. You know you. It's got a rawness and a sultry feel that is perfectly late 60s and 70s. So I will link you to articles at least from the New York Times and one from The Guardian. That will give you a sense of things. I had to laugh when I saw the New York Times article refer to parts of it as cheesy. I had to stop and question my own susceptibility to that level of cheesy, to that poetic heady quality, which is what I'm loving so much which was being cited as a negative or a potential negative or some form of too much or hyperbole to that level of sentimentalism. And I stand by all I've said. I am really enjoying it. I did learn from the New York Times piece, though, that the lyrics to the songs are apparently in the back of the book. And I was glad to hear that because several of the songs that have come up in the book, the writing of these songs the subjects of these songs, the lines of these songs, 
I've really wanted to hear these songs before I completely understood that this is fiction. Songs with titles like Honeycomb and Aurora. I kind of need to see them. Kind of need to see them. Somebody should come along and make these songs, record these songs. Other articles do suggest that the book is at least loosely based on Fleetwood Mac, and in particular the album Rumors. In an interview with the author in The Guardian, actually, Taylor Jenkins Reid talks about this and her fascination with Fleetwood Mac, about specific songs from Rumors that are in some way paralleled in Daisy Jones and the Six. But she does say that the story has a Fleetwood Mac vibe, but is not a story based on their reality. In terms of the perspective of the story, what I love so much, she says, quote, I'm drawn to the difference between what something looks like on the outside versus what it was like to live. End quote. And there is also that too. Again, you know you. If the rock and roll scene and everything that goes along with that is something you'll have trouble reading about, then skip it. For the rest of you, you want to put this on your whole list. I think you're going to like it. So moving on today, not really rock and roll. Like I said, I really just don't fit the rock and roll. Sorry. But I want to talk about lists, about a certain kind of list, actually, about what I learned from doing this list this year and watching someone else do this list this year. Now, all of this is a stopgap for me, kind of, because I really want to talk about the next list, the list I am currently living a list for a year, not a day, and how I am approaching that. This next list is a really all-encompassing thing for me right now. And I think I could probably just spin off a new show, which believe me, I've considered, that just lives in this next list. But first, I need to get you guys through this first list. And so I'm going to clear it out today like a domino with this show about a birthday list, a birthday day list. There was an earlier show, maybe a year ago, outlining a perfect day and the benefits of thinking that through. What would a perfect day entail? What would it be like? What would you want to do? Would it be fast and furious or would it be slow and languorous? Would you be by yourself or would you be with certain people? What would a favorite day or a special day or a perfect day entail? Is it slow? Do you just wake up and enjoy your coffee and your games on your phone, your Scrabble or whatever? Or do you wake up, grab your coffee to go, head out for a run to the beach, to sit, to do this, to that, and your day is full of stepping stones one to the next. What is a day like that for you? So today's show is really closely related to that, semi-related, but there's a little bit more of a philosophical layering onto it because it falls within the context of birthdays. And I will say from the outset that I know that today's show will fall on one side of this invisible line where some of you gather And some of you will be running for the hills because some of us like to have a list and some do not. I totally know that. And some of you 
will have a very different approach to how you like to do this day. But I want to talk about it because I think some people will really respond to the way this works and what it means and what it can offer. So a birthday day list. My mom and I both had birthdays last month. And because of the timing of graduation, she was at my house for hers. And it was a big birthday, one of those milestone birthdays, one of those turning of an age that can take you by surprise or take you down or make you stop and think or make you overly something. One of those birthdays. And yet we didn't have anything big planned. I was glad she was going to be here because I felt like it was a birthday that should not be one you have alone. But we didn't have anything planned. No party, no big surprise party, no big trip, no celebration worthy of a life milestone. And I worried a lot about that, even as I wasn't able to sort of fix it, change it. We talked about some silly ideas, things we could maybe do that would be fun with just a few of us like a tie-dye party, because my mom loves, she loves tie-dye. That would have been fun. Or if not that, then maybe we should Sharpie tie-dye canvas shoes. If you couple shoes with tie-dye or anything rainbow, I think she'd be pretty happy. And that sounded like fun too. So we talked about some things. And we talked about what desserts or what foods or this and that. Ultimately, those things didn't happen. And ultimately, it was a pretty low-key birthday. But there was a list. In years past, when we have celebrated together, because our birthdays are close, we've made small lists. What few things do you really want to do to celebrate your birthday? Your day. What do you want to do? It might be as simple as enjoy coffee on the patio or get a Diet Cherry Vanilla Coke, a Route 44 at Sonic, play cards. Or it might be more than that. It might be something else. Go to this certain place. See the sunrise. Draw a picture. Go for a walk. Simple things, really. But making that list was a way to put down what was in your head. Maybe it's not something simple, but also not something anyone else knows. Even if the list was only five or six things, having a list helped the other people know how to help celebrate through the day to make it a special day. That has been fun and it has worked well. When really asked, people generally have a few things they would like to do that they're maybe not even saying. The things they're holding really close and really special and wow, If it's all meant to be, this will happen, or that person will say, let's do this, and it'll all work out just perfectly. And the worst is when those things don't happen, because nobody knew about them. And maybe you really hoped that person would know. And when they don't, it's a recipe for a not-so-great day. So a list And being upfront about what it is you want can make a big difference. If you're the kind of person that always has a big party, or you have lots of friends who throw you a party, 
or you always go somewhere special, or you take or plan a mini adventure or a big trip, or your vacation coincides with your birthday, then birthday lists probably aren't going to be all that useful. But if your birthday is a day that might otherwise end up on the disappointing end of the spectrum, if you just leave it to the universe, if you can admit that maybe that's the reality, then I advocate being proactive. Set up some lampposts for the day that will light the way and that will help keep you anchored, that will give you those stepping stones through the day, that will help you celebrate in a way that has meaning for you. And that is going to be really different for each person. But you can probably set this list up in a way that's simple enough to do and that you'll enjoy. That at the end of the day, you'll look back and say, I had fun or I enjoyed it. It doesn't have to be about money. It's not about making a list that you have to pay your way through. So many of the things on these lists can be incredibly simple and really quotidian, really everyday things that you want to have all somehow happen in this symbolic context of a day that is special to you, your birthday. And if all you want to do on your birthday is sit on a porch or at the beach or even at a coffee shop and draw people, just let the day unfold. I get it. I totally get that. And you do not need a list of 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, 70 things. I totally understand that approach holds a lot of appeal, a lot of appeal. But if you know deep down that if you just let the day unfold, you're going to end up sad or melancholy or far too philosophical, well, maybe you need to add a few more things. If the day has to be dealt with, then I'm a fan of the list. So this year I said, why don't you make a list of X things with X, of course, being the number of her birthday. Let's see if you can come up with X things to do. Things you would like to do to mark your birthday. We'll make a quest of it. It'll be a game. We'll let the list guide us through the day. What quickly became clear is it's tough. (laughs) It is harder than it sounds. And this goes without saying it's pretty obvious, but yes, the older you are, the harder this may be. If you immediately think of five food items, for example, that you would want, that you love, that, oh yeah, I would really want to do that and that and that, or eat that and that and that, you quickly see that it might be hard to fit all of those into one day. Just in general, making the list was way harder than expected. And she stalled really quickly in list making. And yes, it did include things like wake up, which of course you can check off pretty easily, right? And I found that super funny, but I would throw out ideas and she would say, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that. And then I realized it actually was pretty hard to make the list. So we acknowledged how tough the list could be with X number in one day. It could also be incredibly exhausting. So we broadened it out. How about the whole weekend or three days, make it a three day weekend and we'll use the list that allowed for additional things. Definitely allowed you to spread out some more things to eat or more places you wanted to visit, things you wanted to see, things that require energy or time. We were also taking into account stamina. How far can we walk or for how long? Can we really fit both of those things in? How long things take definitely plays into what works, which means a mix of things that can be easily done and checked off have to balance out the things that are going to take more time that might involve walking around and so on. And 
granularity helps. Granularity helps. A selfie at this location and then a selfie at that location or a selfie with that person there or there or with these people. Multiple things on a list. Selfie at this location and the selfie at that location. Two items on a list versus just take a selfie. So we had to be creative. She had to be creative about what she listed. And I think some of it was very, very filler oriented and yet all meaningful. So she made a list and on her birthday weekend, we went through the list and she enjoyed it. I think, I think she enjoyed it more than she realized she would. I think it helped her mark that day, those days in ways that were meaningful and full for her. Probably we could have done it over the three days, even maybe even longer. We did two. So the following week was my birthday and she wasn't here for that. But having watched her make her list, I was curious how hard it might be to make my own, to make a list big enough to reach my number for this year. I did make a list. I did it not too far in advance. I started it while she was here. Our birthdays are a week apart. I started it in advance. I made the list. I kept it private. I was still adding and finalizing things on the list. I don't know, right up until the last minute, maybe up until the morning coffee. I also had a slightly different approach for myself because this kind of list is really in my wheelhouse of how I think and how I live. And especially I know how I respond to birthdays. So I knew a little more about what I wanted on my list and the kinds of things I would do. My mom and I don't do the same kinds of things. So my list was different, but I also had a couple of rules because other than one or two things, I didn't put things on my list that I couldn't control or that required other people. I didn't want anyone else to feel like they had to spend their whole day helping me fulfill my list. I didn't want to end up disappointed at the end of the day that I couldn't check off certain things because other people weren't willing to do those things with me. So I made a list that I could do. I made a list for me. I made a list. And throughout the day, I used the list and I did the things on the list. Rather than sitting around hoping someone would say, hey, you want to do something? Or hey, let's do this. Or surprise. I used my list. I used it as a map. I got up. I got ready. I said, okay, what am I going to do on my list? It wasn't a schedule. I didn't say, okay, from 6 to 6.30, I need to do this. No, I don't do that, really. I don't schedule. It was just a list of things, kind of mix and match. I didn't have to go in order. I just had to do the things on the list. I wasn't in a rush. I wasn't in a hurry. I decided moment to moment what I wanted to do. Because I limited mine to one day, I could only fit a certain number of foods or cups of coffee in there. So I was thoughtful about how I did it, but that worked out. And there were things to do and things to write down or record or listen to, things to eat or try or start or decide. There were things that got me out of the house. It was a good list. But at some point in the morning, really early on, I realized that there were other things that I was doing with intent that I should have put on the list. So 
as the day unfolded, I realized some of these other things that would totally make my list and and should make my list and were easy, but with intent. With intent, they became checklistable things that I think were really valuable in my day and that I hadn't thought of because making a list like this for one day is something I haven't done before. I don't guess, not for a birthday. I don't know. You might remember back, I may have said the same thing at the last big birthday, but I don't think so. So some of these things kind of came to me and I was like, oh, yeah. And I started listing those at the bottom, just adding them onto the page. And I made notes on this list. I printed it out. I didn't write it by hand, but I printed it out and checked things off and made notes what I did or what I didn't do or why it didn't work or why I changed my mind or what I did instead. And I had this list at the bottom of things that came up that I thought, oh, Next time, I'm going to put things like that on the list. And they were simple, just things that made me smile that I think could be staples for a list that I didn't count on doing or count on noticing or count on giving a second thought. Things we do day to day without giving a second thought, like starting to pull on black leggings, which is really, really common. And then deciding instead, as I stood there, I thought, no, I'm going to wear these bright, crazy red and yellow and pink and black flowered leggings that I love, but I'm going to wear them deliberately today, specifically today. I want to wear those on my birthday. Simple. And then when I went to get my coffee, I grabbed the first mug on the shelf and I thought, no, stop, pick a mug deliberately. Just look at them and pick the one you want to use today. So simple. It sounds so silly. I know that. I know how silly it sounds to say it and how silly it may sound to you. But those kinds of things I thought had a lot of value. And later when I was doing something in there and I was dancing around to a song that was playing and I thought, see, that should be on the list. That should be on the list. Some flash dance moment to a song playing when no one is watching. I jotted down my unexpected things at the bottom and there were a few things on my main list that I didn't do, but I had enough additional things that it all balanced out. I did enough. The day passed. I was emotional and sentimental in all of the ways I always am, all of the ways I can predict and expect, but I also enjoyed my day in ways that have real meaning to me. And Some of those things that have meaning also are things that I do because of how I know I react. And that was so much better than stewing all day and wishing life was different, wishing that somehow the day would just unfold the way I might want secretly. So much better. So today, this show is my advocation of this kind of list. It works well for a birthday, or maybe there is another day that you need to mark a transition or a milestone or an anniversary or anything like that. And you need a list to help anchor and guide and honor that day. I highly recommend it. And I recommend not making it a list that costs a lot, not making it a list that depends on other people necessarily or their time. Make it a list you can control. You don't want to feel bad. You don't want to feel guilty that you're making other people do X number of things with you. You don't want any of that on your shoulders as you go through the day. You just want to make it fun, fulfilling, filling. I recommend being proactive anyway, birthday or not. 
I mention that often. It is a mantra, I guess. I believe sometimes we have to create our days rather than just hope that they turn out. Rather than just hope that the right people are tuned in enough to know what you are wishing for or wanting or needing. A friend taught me this years ago, and it has made all the difference. My experience with this list fed into what came next, this year-long thing. I am four weeks into this new year, and I am being proactive, so proactive. I'm being proactive, and man, I am loving it. I am loving it. So that comes next. I am the art. The art is me. So that is it for episode 364. Oh, I hope you listened and didn't think, oh my goodness, she cannot keep going on about this list. I hope you listen and it has resonance that you think, huh, I should do that. I should try that. Or maybe it's not for you. Maybe you think that would really work with this person. Maybe it's a friend or maybe it's a kid or maybe it's a relative. I think it has a lot of applications, a lot of ways in which it works for different personality types, certainly different life scenarios, certainly, especially if you are strapped in various ways, strapped, trapped, stuck, whatever, then finding a little set of things you can do with what you have and where you are, oh, it can make a big difference. Make a game of it. Make a game of it. Keep yourself busy doing the things you love so that the day doesn't suck you under and so that the day doesn't suck. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so that's it. I'm Amy, and this is episode 364, and I'm glad you listened. Thank you for listening all the way through. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. And I do hope you follow me there. You can also find me in the private Creativity Matters group at Facebook. That is a very small group. It is also an active group. It kind of requires both. It requires being small and it requires being active. But if you are interested in looking for a supportive group, I do encourage you to check it out. Hang out with us for a week or so. We do different things throughout the week together just as a community, just to check in. It in some ways is a creative group and it in some ways is a life group. You can always check it out and see if it is a fit for you. A special thank you to those of you at Patreon. The support at Patreon means everything to the ability for me to do this show, to think about this show and to continue doing this show. I don't think that that can be said enough. And yet I don't say it enough. I don't say it all that often. I don't put it in the front of the show. I don't make a big ad about it at the front, but it does make a big difference. So I appreciate the nine or 10 of you who are there. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Word of the day, word of the show. Ugh, I don't know. I see one or two references to these in between shows. And uh, if you think that through... It's kind of painful. It's sort of like pouring lemon juice or something in a cut. If I don't ask you to tell me a word, then I don't have to think about whether or not X number of people listened or listened all the way through. But I will go ahead and throw a word in here. 
that's a word that builds out of mm, something that happened recently, I guess, something that came up in several different contexts. So let's go with Blue Heron. It is tucked at the very end. I do know that only a few people will ever, ever listen this far. So I appreciate those of you who do. More than you know. More than you know.